Hi guys, Paul from the Innovation Community here. Today, I'm with Martin Trader, the Information Domain Owner at Boring at Ingelheim and Data Management Champion. I think Martin is one of the foremost data management experts globally. He's very active on, on LinkedIn and in the, in the data community, and he helps organizations set up and, and run their data office in the right way. Great to have you with us. Hi, Paul. Tell us a bit about yourself in a few words to start with. Oh, I am a bit of a lifetime data person. Um, been interested in data and everything around from a, from very early uh, times on. Maybe you know at university, f- starting with informatics, um, then studying mathematics. You know, and then the inevitable happens. You end up in IT departments, and it was uh, not until ten years ago that. Uh, uh, I realized that um, data uh, is not really an IT thing. And then I started to think business uh, and uh, basically changed the way I looked at data. So where would you say that your data career started? Uh, maybe it started when I built up my first Fox Pro database when I was very young, earning my first money as a um, student. But it may have been uh, when I was uh, building the first um, reference database for my first real employer DPD in, you know, back in 95 or so. Amazing. So how has that evolved over time? That was, that was you know, quite a long time ago. How have you seen data evolve since then? Um, yeah, data has become a, a, a normal part of daily life, right? Back then, you know, I built a reference database without ever having heard of the term reference data. And today you say reference data and everybody knows what this is about. So data has become part of the daily life, uh, which does not necessarily mean that everybody understands what it means. And I'm sure we'll get a lot into that as well. Uh, what are you up to in your current role? In my current role, I'm pretty much dealing with um, master data, um, notably in the area of um, a customer or business partner in a broader sense, as, uh, as we increasingly say, and, and uh, ensuring that um, all the different business function um, understand, what, understand what it means and what it's uh, used for and why it is so important to have it well-structured and the, da- the data quality being actively maintained uh, despite the additional effort that comes with it. And a lot of your experience is focusing around you know, getting the basics right before we start talking about analytics and AI. What really interests you about working with master data? Um, yeah, the, the, the foundational stuff is really, you know, I, I watch others doing analytics based on foundational work that I have done. So I don't need to, st- to stand in the front row, but I see others uh, who benefit from uh, a solid foundation. Mm, that's, a, that's a great point as well. What, what would you say are some of the major successes in data governance that you've achieved over your career? Um, in data governance in, uh, in particular, I would say um, when I started at, uh, at TNT Express, uh, 
there was no such thing as data governance. So I had to basically uh, uh, invent it, <laughs> build it up from scratch and, uh, you know, uh, design the processes, the players, the roles, the, the decision bodies, the collaboration model, basically everything. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, I, I did that, I think with, within half a year or so. Uh, and that was very important because if you wait too long with that, uh, you won't get uh, the organization under control anymore. Absolutely. And uh, I know a lot of your experience as well has been in, in helping to set up the, the chief data office. What has your own experience been like in, in going into these companies and, and helping them do that? Has it been positive? Has there been a lot of resistance? Has it been a mixture? Um, it is a, a, a totally mixed picture. Right? You have whatever you can think of, you find it in one of the companies and many companies um, see a lot of behavioral patterns uh, at the same time. You have those people who say, oh, do we have a problem? It has worked for 20 years and uh, why shouldn't we do it differently now? You have other people who, who say, I, I know how to do it. I've, I've done that and I'm fine. I don't have any idea about data, but I think I will get it right uh, because I'm so experienced. You know, you have uh, people who say, um, don't touch my uh, local kingdom let me do what I was used to do and, you know, all this, these kinds of resistance. So uh, what I've learned is don't come with a standard answer because there's no standard question. So what would you say is the biggest challenge that you're seeing when you go into these companies? What's the hardest one to deal with? Um, there are a few, but if I just look at Germany, um, which is, you know, the core market for me, obviously, um, it is the, the understanding that uh, uh, data is IT. And uh, if you have a strong IT department and you have a strong CIO, problem solved. There's no problem. Uh, not realizing that uh, uh, IT stands for information technology, which is totally different from dealing with the content of the data and, you know, data reflecting business reality, right? I, IT is, has a supporting role, uh, allowing us to technically to deal uh, with data. Um, but if you want uh, IT to, make, to be responsible for data, just because the infrastructure comes from IT, then you would have uh, uh, to ask the CIO to take over the CFO's role uh, because um, um, the CFO's organization works on SAP, right? So this is really a big, big challenge. And I, and I hear it all the time. I spend my life speaking with, with thousands of, of practitioners. And the big issue they have is that, that, that their senior leaders are trying to run before they can walk. Uh, and, and, and this is where people like you are really, you know, helping organizations get, get into that space, which is great. Uh, a question I want to touch on how are you currently leveraging master data management to your advantage and why do you think it's so important to get this right? Um, hardly any organization uh, does not deal uh, with master data. So the problem is not that they don't uh, use master data. They, the, the challenge, the big challenge is that so many different departments, so def many different subsidiaries, so many different country organizations deal with master data independently. Whether they have their different customer databases that are not aligned, whether the customer information and product information don't match, uh, 
uh, whether address information is used with different sources in different areas. Um, all of that is, is a big challenge. And uh, that is why the, the biggest uh, um, advantage of um, master data is not telling people to do master data, but telling people to do master data together. That's a, a fantastic point. Now, tell us about a time that you affected change in a major organization and what were the challenges that came with that? Uh, I think the, the biggest change uh, I have driven in the area of uh, uh, master data is um, uh, back at DHL Express where I um, introduced this standardized uh, um, a database for um, product information, location information, and you know whatever you can think of, um, pulling together all these local uh, repositories that people got used to, and the, the the biggest achievement in hindsight is not to have uh, built a single physical repository. The biggest achievement is probably to have convinced everybody to play ball so that after the project was closed there was in fact only this one repository left fantastic stuff so a big part of this as well is is leadership how would you describe your own leadership style um i have learned that uh, authority is important but authority alone doesn't help you implement things so i always try to convince people, even if I had the right to tell them what to do, because people will always find ways to boycott your uh, uh, ideas if they don't like it. So trying to convince people and make them do what you want them to do voluntarily. And only where that doesn't work, you have to pull out your plan B or plan C. And um, that works uh, surprisingly frequently uh, with people. And is that the same approach that you take for the senior leaders of an organization as well? Um, yeah, to a certain extent, uh, definitely, right? Because uh, here I depend even more on, uh, on them to follow, um, you know, based on their understanding. If I just talk them into something, uh, they would just think it over or hear a different message from somebody else and then change their mind. But if they really, really understand and they see the points, uh, their uh, support will be, will be permanent. And understanding in this uh, context doesn't mean understanding the technical details. Uh, it means understanding the mechanisms and uh, being able to derive the value from it. So where do you see the biggest opportunity for improvement within your organization at the moment? Um, in the standardization, actually. Right? It's, um, you have um, so many different business functions. You know, Beringer Ingelheim uh, um, has 100,000 employees. It's one of Germany's 20 biggest organizations active in, I don't know, 70 or 80 countries or so. Um, so it's really, really big. Um, and obviously, if each of the different departments or functions uh, or country organizations um, optimizes just limited to their um, um, area of responsibility, uh, you know, it's very quick. They don't have to align with anybody else. 
but uh, dozens of quick solutions together don't give one big quick solution, but this results in spaghetti. So um, the, the, the biggest uh, task here is to convince everybody that playing together pays off mid to long term. Do you ever find that companies put data on the back burner as, as opposed to, uh, uh, they put it on the back burner rather uh, in favor of fighting fires? Do you ever find that's an issue? Uh, yeah, definitely. And this is uh, quite frequent where uh, the current data, the current operating model has proven successful for decades. Right? So then people say, you know, why should I suddenly uh, do something that some wise people call uh, a data-driven organization or treat data as an asset? Why would I want to change if what I'm doing right now is successful? So why should they change? <laughs> <laughs> um, they may be right in that uh, nothing has changed internally, but the outside world changes permanently. Now, we cannot just stop the world from spinning and uh, um, customer behavior changes, customer expectation changes. Um, what customers know about what you as a company could do changes. So they, they know what they could expect and they do. And your competitors uh, with a high likelihood uh, would change. And if you don't change, uh, you're suddenly behind. So uh, stand still means moving backwards. Yeah, completely hit the nail on the head there. How has COVID-19 affected your role in your organization? <laughs> very interesting. Um, um, Beringer has been very strict. You know, as a, as a healthcare company, um, uh, nobody would want it really to take a risk here. So whoever is not really required, uh, you know, um, uh, at the big uh, copper cauldron mixing things together, uh, is expected to work from home. And that has started before I started to work for Boehringer. That means um, I've been with the company for a bit more than six months now. I have uh, I've been in the office twice. So that's really a, a challenge that you're working together with hundreds of people around the globe without ever having seen any of them in person. And what's your top working from home tip? Switch on your camera. <laughs> and I realized that, you know, in, in the beginning, nobody did so. And then it was really like phone calls. Um, but you have to get as close to real face-to-face -face meetings as possible. And a camera really helps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What was the biggest mistake you made during your career? Uh, Thank goodness we don't have the time for me to list <laughs> all of them, right? <laughs> yeah, let, maybe let's think back to, the, to, to my, my early days, right? The, the very first, uh, first years. You know, as I mentioned, I've studied mathematics. For me, things were right or wrong, right? And then I had um, um, a boss who was quite good, but at one point we disagreed. And for me, it was, it was clear I was right and he was wrong, right? Mm. I had to learn the hard way that being right is not sufficient in business. 
Mm. Uh, still, you know, if if you don't get buy-in, it's no point yeah. in, in being right. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? <laughs> I recall having worked together um, with um, a colleague. You know, we both finished university about the same time, started the company at the same time, um, and... Um, he was the son of a politician and um, he observed me um, trying to achieve my target straight away. And, uh, and he said, you know, doing a detour is not a bad thing, right? You are trying to get, get from A to B, not realizing that there's a wall in between, right? And that you, you hit your head and that hurts. And you, you may have recalled that a couple of times. But look, if you go a bit uh, further to the left or to the right, there may be a door in the wall, right? It is a detour, but with far less pain, right? And that is something that, you know, it's more than 25 years ago. And I, have, I, I still remember it as if it had been yesterday. Um, it doesn't mean being, you know, just a, um, a wrong person or hiding things. It's just being diplomatic and being careful in what you think and say and uh, accepting that uh, you do not always have to go straight from A to B. What are you curious about right now? I'm extremely curious about uh, the development of the role of a chief data officer around the world. Now, that the role has been around for, I don't know, 15 years now or so. And still, if you look at uh, role descriptions of chief data officers, um, not any two of them are similar. And um, I wonder whether a standard role will evolve. It's just... Uh, um, is it a particular role like, you know, focusing on data governance or um, the chief data officer actually being a chief analytics officer? Uh, you know, you, you never know. Or will it be the all around um, hub for anything data, which is actually a bit of my, my, my preference that, you know, you, you centralize all the um, uh, responsibilities for all aspects of data because they're all linked together. They're logically linked together. Um, and then you, you delegate the execution because, you know, just filling uh, database tables with real data, that's better done by people who work in the respective departments and, and know the stuff very well. But, you know, setting the guidelines, organizing things, um, measuring quality and triggering people to act, defining processes, defining a, a one corporate data model rather than 25 different models, one common language, all of that has to get together for a chief data officer and a data office to be really, really successful. Who is your favorite thought leader or author? Oh, um, I think there are a couple. Um, my, um, my recent uh, favorite, uh, um, maybe um, um, Scott Taylor, the data whisperer, right? Because um, without going into any technical details, he focuses on storytelling, right? And many people think storytelling mean, you know, I have the data and I tell the story with data. 
No, you have to start, start one step earlier. You have to tell the story of data so that people you know, get the concept in the first place because without that, uh, uh, nobody will listen to your other stories anyway. And that's what he's doing extremely well. What is your favorite quote? <laughs> Honestly, you know, I, I know that Albert Einstein has uh, uh, made many, many favorite quotes, and I think maybe 50% are really from him, right? But uh, what I really like most is when he said, uh, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. And then you see that again and again, people say, oh, we have fire, let's try again. What are you going to do differently? Oh, well, we're just trying again. No, you will fail again, right? And uh, it's, it's so obvious, but, but people don't get it. So I really like that quote. And last question, what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in data management? <sighs> data management is not technology. It is important and good for a data leader to understand data, right? I, thank goodness I have uh, learned uh, data early in my career. I've learned it even earlier when I studied mathematics and I've been programming in various languages, built databases and, and all of these things. And uh, they help me a bit. You know, these things just help me a bit, uh, you know, understanding the people that I'm talking to. What I need most is um, being um, a storyteller, being a diplomat, being a salesperson, being a ne negotiator, being a people manager, being a coach. So it's, it's really, um, you need to focus on the non-data aspect aspects of data management uh, to be uh, really successful. Otherwise, you are just um, yet another data expert. Great advice from Martin Trader, information domain owner at Boring Ingelheim. Thanks for joining us. It was a pleasure.